0: Coming up today on The Story.
2: You know, the people who are coming to that family gathering, they're hoping to have a particular kind of day. You know, it may be our parents who are very set in their ways about how they want to have Christmas, and it's nothing like what you would do if you had the choice. And the first tip is to actually prepare. Prepare your heart in prayer. Now, that might sound obvious, but how often have we actually prayed before we've gone to a Christmas event?
0: The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to the story. Well, during this Christmas season, we'd all like peace on earth and goodwill toward men, and especially at our family gatherings. But unfortunately, many family gatherings can turn out to be the exact opposite, with conflicts and squabbles about all kinds of things. Well, Bruce Burgess wants to do something about that, and not just during the Christmas season. Bruce is the National Director of PeaceWise, a ministry that seeks to find Christian solutions to conflicts. Today, Bruce will share his ministry's story and offer some practical advice for avoiding family conflicts during the Christmas season. He's having a chat with Shelley Scohan.
1: Bruce this is a ministry that I've only just become aware of and I think it just makes so much sense because I think there is a big hole there's something really lacking here in uh, you know Christian ministries and that you guys are filling in that we tend not to talk about Christian conflict very much yeah. it's there it's going on things are bubbling away and you guys are there to help people address it in a biblical way can you tell us about what the ministry of peacewise actually does
2: So PeaceWise was begun in 2007 by a bunch of Christian lawyers, believe it or not, who took seriously the passage in the Bible that said, you know, if Christians have got conflict between them, how could they possibly be taking those things to court? Wouldn't it be better to sort it out amongst themselves Mm. and to use the principles in the Bible to do that? And so the ministry of PeaceWise is all about that. It's about helping people deal with the challenge of conflict and difficult relationships just by using the incredible wisdom that's there in the Bible to do that. And so what we do is we teach all over the country, we run courses to help people learn how to deal with conflict in their life in very practical ways. And we also become involved in conflict situations where people need help uh, and we, we also provide resources. But first and, and most fundamentally we want to just equip people with what's already there in the Bible. But as you said, you know, often we find this is an area that we sort of—it's it, almost a black hole in our Christian experience. We know we have conflict, but we often haven't got the foggiest clue how to deal with it. You know, we might pull yeah. a Bible verse out of context and you know talk about turning the other cheek or expressing love, but when it comes to the nuts and bolts of well, how do I actually think correctly about conflict as a Christian and what do I do about it? We're often left just scratching our head, or, or mm. more often. Feeling sick in the stomach. And so, this is about trying to help people to feel confident about dealing with conflict in a, in a God pleasing way.
1: Yeah, because well, as you say, there's a fair bit in the Bible about uh, dealing with conflict, but some of that even kind of conflicts with each other. Where you, you talk about, you know, turning the other cheek, but then in some of Paul's writings, he's talking about, you know, um, go and talk to the person, and if they still don't agree, then mm. get the elders and get them to come along and, and all these other steps to come mm. through. And so, how do you know which of those to implement in any given yes. situation?
2: A- absolutely. Well, I mean, the starting point is not to take a, sort of a, a single verse out of context. Yes, absolutely. to actually start putting the different verses together in a way that makes sense. And so uh, we actually have a, a, a very simple four-point framework um, that we provide to people to help them sort of, first of all, learn how to think about conflict and then how to respond. So it's called the four Gs. And the first G is to glorify God. So when you, and if you were and I, where well, we're not in conflict, you and me Shelley, but if we were...
1: Oh, I can my, arrange my, something my if you like. My starting
2: point would be to say, well, <laughs> rather than thinking about how can I get you to stop doing those terrible things that you've been doing to me, I would say, well, how can I actually be used by God in this situation? So rather than thinking on this horizontal plane, go vertical and think, oh God, what are you doing here? And yeah. Paul talks uh, in his letter to the Corinthians he says so you know in the context of all these conflicts that were taking place in the Corinthian church he gets to a point he says so whatever you do whether you eat or drink you know he's talking about the food sacrifices or whatever you do glorify God seek to glorify God in the way that you approach your life and so Seeking to find a way to be used by God in a situation. Maybe it's to be uh, obedient to him. Maybe it's actually to be used in the other person's life. Uh, if I could just tell you a little story. Uh, a very close friend of mine worked in a major organisation. Um, she's a, a leader in the organisation and she had someone who had a drinking problem and it was bad enough that they were facing losing their job. The CEO of the organisation said, Look, you know... I think I'm, I'm going to have to you know, ask you to get this guy to leave. And she, instead of that, because it was causing so much conflict in the organisation, said, well, give me a moment. I will, I will just talk to HR and see if I can find a way to, to solve this in a way that doesn't involve just him leaving the organisation in a sense, you know, the conflict never being dealt with. And she, she met with the person, with HR, and said, look, we understand that you have an issue with alcohol. We would like to help you and to try and address it, and the company will stand behind you in doing that. He stormed out of the room, said, I didn't have an issue at all, and they thought, well, I wonder what's going to happen now. He actually came back the next day and said, thank you so much. I would really like that help. And they were able to turn that whole situation around because she saw that conflict situation as an opportunity and even an opportunity to serve the other person in the conflict. Mm. So we often don't think of it that way. We think, oh, you know, how can I stop them doing the bad thing? But sometimes God might actually be wanting to do something in the other person or even in us. They might want to be changing us. Yeah. Uh, any of us any of us who are parents when we have conflicts with our children, you know, we we think, oh, if only <laughs> if yeah. only I could get them to clean up their room or do their homework or stop speaking that way or etc. But actually sometimes it's about our, our attitude and our patience and our kindness and our being willing to be a model for our children. So the starting point is glorify God. How can I see this as an opportunity to actually serve God, love others and be changed myself?
1: Yeah, yeah, which takes a real humility, doesn't it? But it uh, does. Uh, it's basically, I think, a good way to just... Pour water on a, a very hot situation Is to, to think about, let's glorify God Not, let's take revenge on that other person Because they're such a horrible, nasty person
2: Yeah uh, Which and so then the second stage is, you know we, We've all heard that passage where it says, you know um, Get the log out of your own eyes yeah. So that you can see clearly to Take the speck out of the other person's eye
1: That's really humility,
2: isn't it? Well, you see, we've worked in a lot of conflict situations And most of the time, people are very clear on what someone else has done wrong. You know, we've worked in workplace situations where the people can recite in great detail how bad the other person is, how they don't follow policy, how they undermine and backbite and gossip. But most situations, in fact, any situation where we've ultimately seen a beautiful reconciliation take place, a key part of that has been a person being willing to look honestly at their own conduct. What have they contributed to the conflict? And that's, as you say, so humbling. But that's where the power of God can actually break through into a person's heart. And a person can come to a place of repentance and say, you know what? God, I see what I've done wrong. I see how I've been hurting this person. It doesn't mean that, you know, they're the sole cause of what broken down, but being able to own what we've done, you know, we might only be 20% responsible for a conflict but we're 100% responsible for that 20% and so when someone is able to say, look I see how I've hurt you I I am so sorry and give a genuine apology, that opens a window to restored relationship. and you know, that's an incredibly powerful, practical thing humbling thing that's something God calls us to do in relationship
1: with others. Mm, yes, yeah, so true. Uh, in all relationships, whether there be conflict or not, but just to really be uh, open and vulnerable and humble in all of that. So is that the second G? That's the second G. What's now, the word that starts with G? When, when
2: people, when you say the second G, you say, oh, you, you know, you're talking like a Christian doormat. You're <laughs> talking like, you know, it's just everyone's going to walk all over you. Well, yeah. the third G um, is the other side of the equation. It's, it's gently restore and that that comes from the verse in galatians 6 that it says if you see your brother or sister in a sin go to them and, and restore them gently which is about you know gently bringing before them the things that they're doing that are hurtful or sinful or that have damaged you now this is hard because this involves going to have a conversation with another person and actually talking to them about what it is that impacted you this is the, the Matthew 18 principle that you referred to earlier in, about, you know, going to your brother or sister um, directly in order to try and win them over. And so we teach people how to actually have that conversation. You know, most of us prepare really well for really important meetings, you know, if it's some sort of, you know, big negotiation you're going to have or if it's a big discussion about some, something significant in a family context but you know often when it comes to talking about a conflict a a strained relationship we don't really prepare very well and so preparing our heart for that kind of a conversation and thinking through how could we approach that in a way that's not aggressive in a way that actually is gentle but at the same time clear uh, that's a key part of, of trying to restore a relationship too
1: yeah definitely love it Glorify God, get the log out of your own eye, gently restore, and what's the fourth G?
2: The fourth G is go and be reconciled. And so that involves actually being open to forgive the other person. And, you know, as the most forgiven people in the whole world, we as Christians are called to be the most forgiving and and sometimes, and, you know, can be stopped. Uh, we have that model of how... What it cost God, uh, you know, it cost him his own son. That's how, how much he was willing to give in order to forgive. And so he calls us, you know, Paul writes, you know, forgive as the Lord forgave you, which means having an attitude of great forgiveness to another person. And so being able to actually forgive someone uh, is the window to a restored relationship.
0: you're listening to The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is chatting with Bruce Burgess, the National Director of PeaceWise, a ministry that seeks to find Christian solutions to conflicts. And next, Bruce is going to share some practical tips on how to be a peacemaker and avoid conflicts at your family gatherings during this Christmas season. That and more when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is chatting with Bruce Burgess, the National Director of PeaceWise, a ministry that seeks to find Christian solutions to conflicts. Next, Bruce will share more about the impact his ministry is having in people's lives and also he'll share some practical tips on how to avoid conflicts at your family gatherings during this Christmas season.
2: The wonderful thing is that, you know, over the years that we've been sharing with people, we have seen some amazing stories of reconciliation and change. And I guess one of the most amazing was a lady who came to our training. Uh, She thought she was coming, well, she was coming to help with conflict in her own life. And what she wasn't expecting, though, was the amazing work of God in her broader family that was going to take place, because she took the principles that she'd learned, and then she started being a peacemaker in her own family. And her father had been a long-term opponent of Christianity, a Buddhist, actually. And he absolutely wanted nothing to do with jesus or christianity and her mother said look you know the sun's going to rise in the west before he would ever consider anything to do with christianity but he saw her working as a peacemaker in his own family his, you know his own children and a, a conflict that he was observing and as he saw that his heart was softened and after the conflict had been resolved She came to him and she said, would you like to have the peace that I've had? And he said, yes, I would. And he became a Christian out of her peacemaking work. And they burned the idols and his life has changed from that moment on.
1: Wow. That's an Extraordinary story. That's how you can really be a witness uh, through what can be a very awkward situation. I love it. Mm. I love it. Just thinking, though, coming into Christmas, uh, we're loving our neighbours, we're loving our workmates, but we, most of all, should be loving our family. Unfortunately, though, family get-togethers can cause a lot of stress and uh, unrest and certainly not peace for a lot of people. Have you got some advice for people as we come into this Christmas season?
2: Yeah, I do. I do, Shelley. And what you say is absolutely true. Oftentimes, people have big expectations for a perfect family Christmas, and At the same time, the people that we're meeting up with may not be people that we've spent lots of time with during the year. They may be people who are their sort of long-term issues from the past with, and here we are all coming to what is hopefully going to be a perfect occasion. And that's part of the issue, is that people have really high expectations and hope. And often what people hope for and want is different. And when different people want different things of the same event, that's a recipe for conflict. So, here's a radical thought. As Christians coming to a Christmas event, let's seek to be other-person focused. So, there's a very short, simple verse, Philippians 2.4. It says, look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. You know, the people who are coming to that family gathering... They're hoping to have a particular kind of day. You know, it may be our parents who are very set in their ways about how they want to have Christmas and it's nothing like what you would do if you had the choice. It may be that there is one particular family member who is just always destructive and you're thinking, how am I going to get through this day? So here are some practical tips on what you can do to be what we call a a sort of a secret peacemaker in Christmas events. And the first tip is to actually prepare. Prepare your heart in prayer. Now that might sound obvious, but how often have we actually prayed before we've gone to a Christmas event? Not that often. Whereas if we actually sort of start getting ready and and preparing in our heart, all right, dear God, please give me an attitude of graciousness and love and putting the other people first and trying to be a witness to them that can make a huge difference in our approach to the day. And if we're asking God to bless them and praying for them by name and and not having to insist on getting our way or it being the perfect day, that's a really good start, you know, before we even get there. Then what we can also do is we we can, you know, be ready for the usual problems, (laughs) the usual issues, the usual, you know, hot potatoes that are going to be raised and have thought through, well, if that comes up, I'm just going to have a gracious response. I'm not going to take the bait. I'm not going to react violently. I'm just going to actually try and be gracious and let it go through to the keeper. This mm. is a sort of good Aussie analogy. Yeah. We're talking about that time of year, Boxing yes. Day test and everything. Oh, yeah. Um, but also, there may be things happen that are completely unexpected, that you, you, know, you had no idea were going to happen. You know, someone says or does something that's just completely left field, And again, it's trying to have that graciousness of spirit to be able to go with it and and not just react and arc up. Um, You know, some of the things might be things that you can anticipate in advance, issues that might come up with the food uh, or or, you know, the kids, how they're going to be looked after or cleaning up or who's going to do what, bring what, those kind of things. If you can perhaps even think of some of them in advance, maybe you can talk to the person who's hosting the event this Christmas And ask them, is there anything that you could do to help with not just what can you bring, but is there anything that you could help to make the day go easier? Um, And just generally trying to be unusually kind and considerate. Sometimes, for some people, Christmas is a really hard time. It might be that they've had a relationship breakdown, or they've lost a partner, or they're lonely, or they may even have conflict in their life. And so just being considerate of them and and trying to think, wow, I wonder how they're feeling. I wonder if I could, you know, be particularly nice and caring to them on the day. Mm. You know, it it involves giving up, I guess, some of our hope maybe for the day. Maybe it means focusing intently on other people. But again, I come back to that's the model that God gave for us. That's the model that he's given us.
1: Yeah, I mean so that's just, quite a novel thought for Christmas time. You know, thinking about other people. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, that, and, that's and one I mean, of the things know, we Christmas do at Christmas. Is about God giving the gift. Of yeah, Jesus. That, yeah, that's what the day is about. And so, and he
1: put his own interests aside and came in humility as a baby to save us. The least we can do is have a bit of humility ourselves and uh, think about those that are actually closest to us. Probably those that we love the most, and yet uh, we can be the most awful to them as well mm. so yeah no I love that idea of considering other people first and and going out of your way to help someone else
2: and if you start with you know I guess another person focus and lower expectations that doesn't have to be perfect or exactly the way you want it you might actually find at the end of the day that having intentionally been a blessing to others you had a great day yourself
1: yes some great, really practical tips there for how to truly enjoy Christmas Day and, and the family events that you have in the lead up to Christmas. And uh, you have a lot of that material actually available as part of a brochure
2: as well. Uh, yep. Can
1: people get in, get in touch with you to, to get a copy of that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Just uh, if they wanted to send an email to contact at peacewise.org.au, we'd be very happy to send a, a copy of that brochure out.
1: Uh, and one easy way to remember it is using the acronym PEACE, which is Prepare through prayer, Expect the expected, Anticipate challenges, Consider others first, and Enjoy the fruit. And yeah, that's that's probably the biggest thing. Hey, you want to end up enjoying your Christmas day in amongst uh, trying to be the peacemaker as well?
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I love it. Some great tips for Christmas and I think great tips for meetups of any type, really, Mm. of uh, how we can be the peacemaker and also uh, just not be the troublemaker as well, um, to just be able to make any event a a lovely time for everyone. If people want to know more about your ministry, uh, as we say, peacewise.org.au, or if you want to get in touch, contact at peacewise.org.au. Bruce, thanks so much for sharing a whole heap of wisdom with us this morning.
2: It's been an absolute pleasure, Shelley.
0: That was Shelley Scohan chatting with Bruce Burgess, the National Director of PeaceWise, a ministry that seeks to find Christian solutions to conflicts. And I think those tips he shared on avoiding conflict at Christmas family gatherings were pretty spot on. I think it bears repeating the verse Bruce shared earlier from Philippians chapter 2, verse 4. Look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Something to have uppermost in our minds when we're gathering together with others during this Christmas season. Also, for more information on Bruce's ministry, PeaceWise, the website is peacewise.org. That's peacewise.org.au. Well, thanks for joining us for the story of the Peacewise Ministry. I hope you found the Christmas tips helpful. Until next time, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story.
1: Basically, the idea of Christmas for the Bush is that we get around every family on our database. Uh, we try and get around them to have a visit, spend some time with them, give them some Christmas cheer because every family's in a different situation and so some aren't as needy and you just go and catch up and visit them and take them a Christmas cake or a nice tin of Bickies or something like that. But there's other families that are really struggling.
0: Every year, Bill and Melissa Close organise Christmas for the Bush. It's part of their care outreach ministry and features them visiting people in the outback and bringing them gifts and Christmas cheer. We'll find out the story behind Christmas for the Bush and about what care outreach does the rest of the year. Next time. The story. story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.